Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Who is this who for our sorrow offer comfort and relief? Bring in sunshine to the dark and shadow light. Saying softly, cease repining, lift thy soul above his grief. Let the peace pass understanding, still the strife. Oh, it is Jesus, Jesus. Well, sad ones weep no more. He has healed the broken heart. It opened wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Oh, it is Jesus, Jesus. Well, sad ones weep no more. He has healed the broken heart. It opened wide the prison doors. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who come with healing for the halt, the blind, the lame? Saying softly to the sinner, follow me. Only come in faith, believing as of old the people came. And the lame shall walk, the blind again shall see. Oh, it is Jesus, Jesus. Well, sad ones we no more. He will heal the broken heart. It open wide the prison doors. He is able to deliver evermore. Oh, it is Jesus. Jesus. Well, sad ones weep no more. He will heal the broken hearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness, Lord, for your kindness, O oh God, for your kindness and your love. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord again. Amen. I want to get right into our study again tonight. We're talking about a better way. Jeremiah 6, 16. The Lord says, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Amen. Where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your soul. But they say we will not walk therein. Amen. We must get into the old paths. We must get into the good way and we must walk there in it. Amen. We've got to walk this walk. We God has a path. The Bible lets us know in Psalms 119, 105 that his word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our pathway. 
So if we get into the Word of God and we study the Word of God and we apply the Word of God, it puts us in the path that God wants us to be in. Amen. And we can walk that path. Amen. God wants us to have rest. He wants us to have contentment. He wants us to have the things that he has for us. Amen. And so he wants us to be in the right way all the time. He brought us out of darkness. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, 9, that you are a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him which has called us out of darkness to his marvelous light. So we want to get in that right way. Amen. There, when we come to the Lord, we come with a lot of time and a lot of baggage, a lot of situations and things. Most people uh, that come to the Lord as we've lived in the world, we've taken on the worldly ways. We've got all kinds of corruptions and things in our lives. And so God has to cleanse us. He has to wash us with the water by the washing and renewing a generation of the spirit to, to get us back in the right way. Amen. Jesus says he had come to bear witness or to testify of the truth and to seek and to save that which is lost. And so he's got us now. So we need to, he puts us on the road. He washes us up. He cleanses us. He gives us the word to put us in the right path so we get on the right way. And we stay in that way so that we can have rest and we can have contentment as Isaiah has always, we always say in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is an ever saving strength. Amen. And so we want to stay in that right way. Now, last week we was looking, we saw that the Bible tell us that there's a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end there is the ways of them. So we find that we have to make sure that we are in the right way. And we do this by examining, as Paul uh, tells us in First, Second Corinthians 13, 5. He says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Amen. We have to line ourselves up with the word of God. We just can't hear the word of God. We have got to become a doer of God's word. Amen. And so we grow that way. We mature that way. Uh, it begins to build our character that way. Peter tells us to add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. He says, if these things be in you and abound, they make that you should not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, but if you like these things, then you're blind in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 11. He says you're blind and you can't see afar off in what? You have forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. Say, we should never forget what God has done for us. We should never forget where he brought us from. Amen. And, and so that we can move forward. And Peter goes on and he says in verse 11, so shall you have what? An entrance and to the everlasting life with the Lord. Amen. And that's the overall goal of God is that we grow and that we mature in the things of God and that we, we just stay in that straight path so that we walk straight into those pearly gates. Amen. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, 
an uphill, like any road, you've got hills that goes up and down. You know, sometimes you're going up, it's a little bit hard, but it's coming down, you pick up pace, you know, and then you get on that straight and narrow, you know, and it's really long. I can remember when I was, was at Fort Bragg, they have a, a, a place they call Long Street. And it's nothing but a straight road as far as you can see. And they used to get us out there and run on that road, you know, and it looked like it was never going to come to an end, you know, and they, that's why they call it was Long Street. And so you just run, run, run. But you can see and all you see is highway, 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 you know. And if you ever go out west, you know, <laughs> you cross some of those roads. I mean, when we were missionaries, I got on some of them roads and all you could see was <laughs> road, 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 you know, and so, but, you know, I got to my destination, you know, having to travel those roads. And that's what we want to do is we want to make sure that we stay in the straight and narrow. And sometimes on those roads, you you know, I have to kept looking at my map back in the days. We didn't have GPS and stuff. So you had to ever so often look down at your map to make sure that you was really on the right road, you know. As it gets long, sometimes you you start thinking, am I on the right road, you know? I ain't seeing anything out here, you know? So that's the way it is sometimes. And so we want to do that. Now, closing out last week, we was talking in Exodus 32, 33, excuse me, verse 12 through 15. Exodus 33, verse 12 through 15. Notice what Moses says. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou says unto me, Bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me, yet thou hast said, I know thee by the name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, notice, show me the way. Amen. Show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider this nation is thy people. So notice, Moses says, if I have found grace in your sight, now I want you to show me the way. Ephesians 2, 8 says, by grace are you saved, and not of works, it is the gift of God. So we have found grace in God's eyes. Amen. That's why we're saved by grace. It's God's unmerited love that we're saved. So we have found grace in his eyes. He reached down. He's pulled us out. So now we should say, okay, God, I found grace in your sight. Now show me the way. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Show me the pathway that I should walk in so that I can find rest for my soul. Amen. So we need to get in that right way. Now, last week, we was also have started beginning to touch on about the way of peace. Amen. And I asked about peace and we had different conversations about what peace is. Amen. And we know it's the serenity. We know it's that tranquility and calmness is without being in war and torment and turmoil, ups and downs and all this. And that's what God wants of us. Amen. Isaiah 6, 9, 6 tell us that he is the prince of peace. Amen. And so he will keep us what? In perfect peace. Amen. So there's a way called peace. So if we're not in that way of peace, then why are we not there? I have to ask myself that constantly. What is causing me not to operate in peace continually if God is my peace. Philippians 4, 
Paul says what? Rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderations be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be known unto God. And what? The peace of God, which passive all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, God, this way of peace is to follow Christ. We've We've got to get in the way of peace and how to make peace here. So if if I don't have peace in my life, I have to, again, go back to First Second Corinthians 13, 5 and search myself. Why am I not at peace? Why, why am I in such turmoil all the time? What is taking place that I am allowing my peace to be suppressed? If God is my peace and Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Granted, there are circumstances and things that come, but it should not deter my my peace. Because what? He will keep me in perfect peace if I keep my mind upon him. See, I've got to pray. I've got to, as Peter says, I've got to cast all my cares upon the Lord because he careth for me. Say, I've got to learn how to do that. I've got to take, as the old song says, take your burdens to Jesus and leave them there. Okay? We, we, he wants us to be in this peace here. So we have to realize that if I'm in constant struggles and fighting and, and torment constantly, then something is in me and something is in my path. That's deterring me from being what God wants me to be. Now notice what Isaiah says here in 59 verse 8. The way of peace they knew not. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made what? Crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Notice here. The way of peace. He says, they don't know. In other words, they don't know the ways of the Lord. Say, they've made themselves crooked paths. See, so you have to realize that we can, if we're not careful, become our own worst enemies. We can make our life and our journeys harder by not doing what God's word tells us to do. Say, if I allow people, if I allow circumstances, if I allow things to cloud my roadway, then I'm going to not have the peace that God is trying to give me. Say, I can listen to people murmur and complain and bicker and all that, and pretty soon it's going to take on me if I'm not careful. And what's going to happen? I'm not going to have peace. See, notice what it says. The way of peace, they don't know. That's why the people in the world is doing all the things they're doing. See, and so we have to be careful that we are not drawn into that foolishness. See, the media and, and the things of the world today is trying to cloud your mind. You know, 
Satan has a, a, a plan to destroy everybody. So if he can deter you out of peace, if he can bring division, he knows the house can't stand. See, and so he tries his best right now is, with all the things that's going on here and in the world. You know, we we know that Peter has already told us that when they says peace and safety, then comes destruction. See. So we, though, uh, which is of Christ, and say that we know him and that we have been born again, we have to keep our focus. I can't spend my time in things that is going to pull my mind away from my focus, which is Christ. See, I've got to stay focused on what he's called me to do and where he's taken me to. Even in my ministry, I have to be careful that I'm not sidetracked by the distractions of this world. I have to stay in the straight and narrow pathway. Because if I get outside of the straight and narrow pathway and you are following me, what's going to happen? I'm going to lead you down the wrong pathway. And as a result, I can cause you to lose your soul. Say, so I want to stay in the straight and narrow. I want to keep my focus. I want to know the way of peace. Say, I want to know that Jesus is everything to me. I want you to know that he's everything and he's so much more and he can do anything as Paul says. Amen. And there's nothing too hard for God and he will pick you up and he will be with you in the times of need. Amen. I want you to know more about him. Amen. Each and every time we come together, I want to, you to be able to hear what he's able to do because he wants us to be in peace. Amen. So the way of peace, they don't know. But that's why we have been called for such a time as this to show them the way more perfectly clear. Get them in the pathway. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. See, so therefore, the turmoil in the world is going to continue. It's not going to stop. But you and I have a responsibility to reach the lost. We have a responsibility to share the truth of the gospel. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. So that we can get them into the straight and narrow pathway. We can show them the way. Just like when Andrew and, and Philip, amen, when they... And come to Jesus, they said to Nathaniel and, and to Peter, we found him in whom the scripture says that Moses talked about, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. We have found the way now. So therefore, we need to stay in the way so that others can see. That's why Peter said we need to be ready to give an account to every man that asked us the hope that is in us. We stand in the way. But if I'm out of the way, I'm not going to show anybody the right way. See? So I've got to be in that right way. So we want to get in the habit of rejoicing in the Lord. We want to cast our cares upon Him. Amen. So that we're not stressed. We're not fatigued. 
A lot of times if we're not in the way, if we made our ways crooked, then we're going to find that distress and, and, and fatigue is a sign of not being in the right way. Let me say that again. Stressed out and fatigue is a sign you're not in the right way. Because his way is peace. And peace brings serenity and tranquility and calmness. Amen. I think scripture says he gives his beloved rest. See, so, so we have to follow the right way. So how do we develop this peace? Number one, amen. Always be ready to forgive. Always be ready to forgive. A lot of times as Christians, we don't like to forgive others. We wait for someone else to forgive us. We wait for that person a lot of times to come so that we might have an opportunity to say, see, I knew they was wrong. But no, that's not what God says. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember, you, your brother have all against you, he says, you go to him. It's amazing that God always put the responsibility on the person that thinks that they are not wrong to go. Okay. And so, therefore, we must be ready to forgive. Amen. In Mark chapter 11, 25 through 26, Jesus says, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you of your trespasses. Amen. So if you're not willing to forgive, you know what? You're making your path crooked. You're making your way hard. Say, And as a result, the straight path is going to be a rough road to hoe, as they say down south. Say, So God gives us the way to maintain peace is to quickly forgive others, amen, if we think that they are wrong in our lives. So we have to get this into our system, in our hearts, amen. We want to be in peace, amen. In Matthew chapter 18, 21 through 22, we know that Jesus is teaching about forgiveness in the disciples. Peter says, Lord, how many times should my brother offend me and I forgive him? Seven times? Jesus said, no, seven times, 70. 490 times. You know, some scholars say that Peter was going a little bit further because usually the Jews only went three times. You know, but Peter says seven. No, Jesus says no, seven times 70. 490 times. You know, so in other words, there's no limit, Jesus is saying, basically, is look, if you are in the path, you are in the right, you have my spirit, you be the one to set the example. Amen, is what he wants. You want yourself to maintain the right way and the right focus. So you got to be ready to forgive if you want to have peace. Because it's hard for the natural man to forgive. See, it, you know, most people, you do wrong or say something, they're looking for revenge. But you're not the natural man. You're the spiritual man. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and what? You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because see, the flesh is automatically want to get even. The flesh automatically wants to take revenge. But you're not in the flesh. 
as we've heard around here over and over, you're dead. <laughs> you're the spiritual man now. So you have to learn to operate in those things that make for peace. And we'll talk a little bit about them here in a few minutes. Amen. So we want to get into the habit of nipping wrong in the bud as quickly as we can here. Amen. We want to be at peace. Amen. And the way we build peace is we pray. We pray. We, we got to have that continual life of prayer. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Jesus says, oh, I wish that men would what? Pray and not faint. There's so many scriptures that brings us to the focus that we're going to have peace. I've got to pray. i got to ask God to search me, O Lord, as David says in Psalms 51. Search me, O Lord. Know my ways. See if there's wickedness in me. i got to know. i got to be persistent in my devotion, my daily devotion. I've got to be persistent in my worship. I've got to be persistent in the things of God. Amen. I've got to be patient. If I'm going to have peace. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later too. I have to learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier. I have to have endurance in my life. I've got to develop physical endurance. I've got to be able to keep pressing on when the road seems long. I've got to keep trudging up the hill when it seems like everything is going uphill. I've, I've got to keep have that physical endurance to, to keep moving on. I've got to have that mental uh, endurance to make right choices and right decisions and stand for morally right. I've got to keep pressing here. And then I've got to apply the Word of God. Because if I never apply the Word of God, I cannot expect to have peace. I've got to live this thing. Say, the best example is not how much you can speak it, but how much you live it. They say what? A picture is better than a thousand words. See, so if I say that I'm a Christian, then I must live my life as a Christian. David says, I will behave myself in a perfect matter. Say, in this house, in this temple, say, in this vessel. See, so I've got to apply the word of God. Amen. I've got to change my attitude. I've got to change my conduct. I've got to change the things that don't make for peace. Anything that's crooked, anything that's wrong, I need to get it out of me so that I can have peace. And then I have to build the spirit of encouragement and edification. Paul said, talk of Romans 12, he says, wait on edification if that's your ministry. But every born-again believer should have the ministry of edification and encouragement. we got to learn how to build up, our, first of all, ourselves, and then build up others as well. See, I've got to be able to pick up my hands when it hangs down. I've got to be able to lift up my head when I'm feeling low. I've got to... As the psalmist says in Psalms 24, lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. You know, I meant Psalms 121. I've got to lift up my eyes into the hills 
from which cometh my help. Notice he said, my help cometh from the Lord that made the heavens and the earth. He will not suffer me to be moved. He that keepeth me will neither slumber nor sleep. He that keepeth Israel, amen. The Lord is what? My keeper. The Lord is the shade upon my right hand. The sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. See? So I've got to keep looking to him if I'm going to have my peace in my life. So I've got to be able to quickly nip the things in the bud that's trying to get me in the crooked path, trying to pull me away from the straight path so that I can stay in the right path. Amen. Number two, amen, I don't engage in violence. Most of the people you see in the world today with all the riots and all the things going on and violence and things that has taken place, they don't have a clue why they're out there. They don't know God to start with. Some of them say they do, but they don't because if they did, it wouldn't be out there. Amen. Because that goes contrary totally to the word of God. Amen. Psalms 11.5 says, The Lord tried the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hate. Psalms 11 verse 5. So if the Lord hate violence, then that means you and I, which is called by his name, must hate violence as well. We have to get into the habit here that we're in a different pathway And so we have to get to the point where we hate the things that God hates and we love the things that God loves because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs 6, 16. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devised wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. See, so these things God hates. See, so notice if you were to look at those things, you can see that those seven things, what? That get you out of the path. See, it, it keeps you out of the path. So, but you want to be in the path. You want to know the way. Amen. That's why we talk that gossip is is so damaging. You know, that's why lying is so damaging. Because it's not in the path of the Lord. In the Lord is what? No guile. No deceit. See, God is a God of honesty. He's a God of integrity. You know, and so therefore, we must be what he says that he is. If I say that the fruit of the Spirit is in me and the Spirit is in me, then I have to be what I say that I am. Say, if he's the Prince of Peace and he's in me, then the way of peace should be in me. I am supposed to know the way of peace. I'm supposed to know the forgive. I am supposed to know how to live according to make peace. In my life. Say. Proverbs 28.17. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. In other words, if he do violence, let him go to jail. He said, don't stop him. You know, put him in prison. But now everybody wants to get him out. You know, God said, no, let him go quickly and, and let him learn a lesson. 
Hey, I think in the Old Testament it was what? It was eye for an eye and a two for a two. Yeah. So, but, but notice a man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee. But see, if, if we know Christ and we don't get involved in violence, this is important. Amen. We don't engage in violence. If, if, if I do, I can't expect to have peace. It's, it's easier to walk away. Don't mean you're a coward. You know, you are trying to what? Maintain the peace. You know, they slap Jesus on one side. What do you say? Turn the other. You know, you want to be at peace. You know, it's better to be alive than dead, right? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. We must understand that the ways of peace is better than the ways of death here. Amen. Number three, we must be patient with yourself and with others. Patient with yourself and with others. Do you find yourself getting upset with yourself a lot? Some people get upset with themselves all the time. Let me give you a clue what I mean. I am so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'm so dumb. You know? Where is life and death? Proverbs 18, 21, right? So I have to learn to use words right. I have to use my mouth for the edification and not the set on fire, James says in James 3, the courses of hell. Say, I want to use my tongue for the edification and the upbuilding. I have the gospel now. And the gospel makes for peace. The gospel makes for joy. The gospel makes for strength. It didn't come in word only. It came with power and love and a sound mind. See? So I've, I've got to be patient with myself. I have to learn how to wait. I think Isaiah says in 41, 40, 31, they that what? Wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Say. But if I let crookedness get in my roadway and I don't have patience with myself and I don't have patience with others, what usually happens? Remember last week we talked about those things on the side of the road where you start to hear and then you run into the guardrail, you know, well, that's what happens if I'm not patient with myself and patient with others, pretty soon I'm going to start hitting those bumps on the side of my roadway. And usually when I jerk back, a lot of times I can lose control and I can cause a whole lot of damage. I was on Interstate 90 once heading to Walsall and, and this guy was in a van in front of us and he, he, his, his van started swerving across the road this way and he came back this way and I'm going, now which lane do you want to drive in? You know, uh, and I, I, then all of a sudden he went this way and he hit the bumps and he jerked his wheel and came back over this side and it started to hit and when he jerked back, his van just started flipping. You know, and the next thing I know, I saw a body go out the window. You know, a guy was in the back of his van. The windows busted out and stuff. And, you know, they was apparently the one kid didn't have his seatbelt on. And it, it threw him completely out of the vehicle. 
And when the vehicle came, it was rest resting on on top, you know. And so I thought, wow, you know. But we have to learn how to be patient with ourselves. Say, you know, we have to learn how to be patient with other people because that will is what will happen is a lot of times we will go off the road too far. And when we try to get it back, we can cause damage to someone else, you know, or cause someone else to be hurt, or we can run head on into someone else. And usually the person we run headlong with is usually the person we are frustrated with. Usually those that we find to complain about a lot, we wind out pretty soon running headlong right into them. And as a result, you know, it breaks the unity and the peace. So we have to be patient with ourselves. Patience says, wait. That's what patience says, is, is, is wait. Learn how to wait. Learn how to trust God. Learn how to walk by faith and, and not by sight. When we pray, always say, God, thy will be done. Let his will be done. Because what? He makes all things beautiful in his time. Proverbs 25, 28 says that he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. See, I I have to learn how to control me. Notice what comes with the spirit. The last thing, uh, fruit it mentions in, 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 uh, Galatians 5, 23, it says, what? Temperance. The temperance is no more than self-control and self-control is no more than controlling you. Say, so if I want peace in my life and be in the way of peace, I have to control me. Say, I have to control my attitude. I have to control my actions. I have to sometimes walk away, say, so that I maintain the peace. Say, we have to realize this. So peace, it says wait. Patience says analyze what you're about to do or say. Analyze. Patience says analyze what you're about to do. You know, is what I'm about to do, is it going to keep me in the straight and narrow or is it going to pull me out of the straight and narrow? What am I about to say? Is it going to cause harm or is it going to cause peace? See, I've got to choose my words carefully. I have to analyze these things that I'm about to say and the things I'm about to do. Patience says, do you really need what you're getting ready to purchase? Do I really need that new phone? Do I need to really need that new car? Do I nearly really need need that thing I'm about to? Because sometimes I might buy something and it could hinder my peace. It could cause a whole lot of frustration. You know, I I know one guy, you know, he had a phone. He, he was pretty content. He knew how to work it. He knew how it works. But then he got something different and he got frustrated. It messed with his peace. So we have to ask ourselves these questions. 
Patience says, do I really need to get married right now? You know, or do I need to wait? Patience says, have you considered the person before you call them your friend? Make sure you're friends. Patience says, make sure you know the person before you co-sign for the person. You know, because if you co-sign for somebody, you're responsible. <laughs> and it could hinder your peace. So you have to, you have to remember these things. Patience says get wisdom and get understanding before you jump into a big project. Okay. Because if you jump into a big project, I think Jesus says in Luke somewhere in there, he says, how many of you attended a, the bill of tower does not set down first consider the cost? Or how many of you go into, go into war to not, you know, realize, consider if you got enough to fight or you get halfway there and you realize they're bigger than you are and then you, you know, have to give up. See, so we have to, that's what patience does is it says, look, analyze everything, you know, and consider it well before you jump into it. Because why? You want to be at peace. You want to be in that serenity and calm state when you are doing things. Patience says, give God a chance to work on the things that you have bought to him. Leave them there. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If I get ahead of God, guess what? My peace is going to go right out the window. I need to learn how to wait upon him. Jesus says in Luke 21, 19, In your patience possess ye your soul. Amen. Possess ye your soul in your patience. So learn how to maintain consistently on this roadway as you walk. Amen. Learn how to be patient with yourself. Learn how to be compatient with other people. Amen. So that you maintain the peace and you stay in the way of peace. Because the enemy will try his very best to pull you out of the way of peace. Number four, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. The golden rule must always be applicable in your life. Always. It is called the golden rule for that purpose. You know, and Jesus says, you know, the same way that you want other people to do to you, do to them also. But a lot of times people don't want to do to other people as they want them to do unto you. Uh, a lot of times they want you to do to them, but they don't want to do to you. I pray that we are not those people. Uh, if I allow them to frustrate me and pull me into complaining in their ways and path, I will lose my peace. I don't treat people the way that, you know, they might treat me. I treat them the way that God tells me to treat them. 
That must be our attitude. Do unto others. Because why? We're trying to make for peace. Number five, follow things that make for peace. Follow things that makes for peace. As I've touched on a few, speak kindly. Speak kindly. Learn how to speak kind to people. Uh, It's easy to get into an argument. It's easy to get into the yelling and screaming and hollering at each other. But learn to speak kindly. Because when you're frustrated, when you're angry, usually you're not going to hear what the other person is trying to say or that person is not going to hear what you're trying to say. And all you're doing is just creating a a hostile atmosphere. See, that's why they say before you get in any arguments, you should cool down. You should walk away and cool down and then discuss what is going on. You know, learn to speak kindly to one another. Life and death, as we've already determined, is in the power of the tongue. To keep peace, we need to gather together regularly. Say, we, we need to get back to the early church. They continue what? Steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. You know, and I'm thankful that we do that, you know, here. But we have to make sure that when we're in our fellowship time, we don't bring things in that would make for disunity. See, we need to make sure we are speaking and edifying one another in love and encouragement, you know, and building up the body of Christ. See, and, 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 you know, and, and stand on the right track. Not make for things that will divide us, not gossip, not things that will destroy the body of Christ. Give, as Peter says, no room for the enemy. Say, we want to make sure. That's why when we come into the sanctuary, you know, we don't, we don't need a whole lot of complaining and murmuring and things in the house of God. My house should be called a what? House of prayer. Say, we need to leave that stuff out. Matter of fact, it shouldn't even be in us. Why? Because we are making for peace and we are in the right way. Granted, there's things that will come into our lives and there's things we want to get off of us, but we need to take it to the Lord and leave it there. Say, because if I complain to him about her, what's going to happen? You know, he's going to complain to me about somebody else. And pretty soon the enemy is working in the mix. Say, and that's not what we want. We're making for peace. We're on this journey to eternal salvation. And we know unrighteousness can't enter there. See? So we want to make sure that we're falling for things that makes for peace. You know, we, w- we want to have joy. We want to laugh readily. We want to do for things that make a person laugh. You know, laughter, is, is they say, is the what? Best medicine? I think Proverbs 17:22 says a merry heart is good like a medicine. They say and most of the reader digests that I read and sometimes some of the other periodicals that I read says that if you can get people to laugh 
suicide rate would decline. Just like that. That people will see the joy of life. A lot of people, as they age sometimes and as they get older, a lot of times they say that, you know, people lose their their joy. They lose their happiness. And so we are designed because God has given us the spirit of joy. It's in it. It's part of the fruit of the spirit. And so with that edification, we can build people up. We can, you know, make people laugh and help people to to be what God wants. So let's get into the habit. Be ready to do these things. Work cheerfully. Work cheerfully. You know, I think last week I made a comment about our careers that we choose. You know, we usually choose a career because we feel that that's what we want to do. You know, and we should find joy in that. See? And, and, and Paul tells the church, he says, and whatsoever things you do and word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto the Father by him, right? So, Whatever am I doing, if, if that's the career path I chose, I, I have got to be excited about it. I've got to find the joy in these things and work cheerfully to do it, loving what I love to do. You know, as I, I've told you, when I was in the Army, man, I loved it. I did. I just did. You know, and now I'm in the ministry. I love the ministry. Yeah. Because... Is, is joy unspeakable. And if we look at the things that we're doing with joy, it'll help us keep peace in our lives. It helps us to burn away some of the sluggishness and things of that nature and keep us on the right pathway. We need to learn how to give generously of our time and our possessions. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, and run it over with the same measure you meet. It will be meet to you again. Amen. Amen. And so even in our homes, you know, we can work together in our homes. Why? Because you want to keep peace in the home. You know, projects around the house, you know, working together, helping each other, you know, without, you know, Bickering and arguing, you know, to keep the peace is what we want. Amen. Hug, hug awfully, often. Hug others. You know, I, I'm thankful that a lot of times in the church we hug each other, men to men and women to women. You know, <laughs> let's not forget that. Amen. But, you know, you know, encourage and edify and hug one another. You know, it makes a difference. I get in. And love genuinely. Let brotherly love continue. And be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For whereby we entertain angels unaware. You know, I never know who's going to walk through the doors. I never know who they are. You know, I don't know if there's an angel. Because sometimes people come and they never show up again. So I don't know if God would just go down and check them out. You know. So I, I try to make it a habit and a purpose 
to entertain and treat everyone the way that I would want to be treated, greet everyone with a smile and with a handshake, you know. And some people walk in and they, you know, from the first time, you know, you never met before, they want to give you a hug, you know. So, so you, you know, so you just have to be aware of that. Amen. Um, again, you know, walk away from negative situations and evil people, you know. You're trying to maintain the peace. So if they're evil and they're negative, get away from them. You know, you you, <laughs> you have to. Proverbs 1, Solomon's mother says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent not. If they say, Come with us, no. Get away from them. And that's what you want to do. Amen. And learn how to be graceful and be grateful. And everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Number six, don't believe everything you hear. Okay? And as I said earlier, the media now is poisoning everything. You know, and that's all it is, is become a, a, a fake, you know, painful to destroy peace. You know, and so therefore don't believe everything that you hear. You know, Make sure that you know where you are and what you're listening to. You know, be be ready to turn that thing off. Be ready to put it down so that because if it gets in you, pretty soon the seed is going to grow. And if, when the seeds start to grow, you know, when least expect it, it will explode. You know, it's going to come forth. So we have to make sure that we are making for the things of peace. Amen. Saul, the Psalms says in Psalms 34, he says, come ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desire life and love many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. That's Psalms 34, verse 11 through 14. Notice, he says, if you want to have long life and many days, he says, and that you may see good, he says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Get away from evil. Do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Amen. And that's good advice there for me. (laughs) Amen. Because we want to be in the way of peace. Amen. Praise God. Amen.